This is the story of the Long Island Lolita, Amy Fisher, a teenager who snapped and shot her married lover's wife. Was she a scorned teenager lover or a victim by a grown man? What up, Kay? Hey, Lo. What's up, everybody? We are back at it again. Yes. Cool story this week. It is. But before we get into it, I do want to talk about something. Lay it on me. Yes. So last week when Kay was over, um, we got super excited because we are on iTunes now. Yeah. Hello, Apple Podcast listeners. This is probably like maybe not your first episode listening to us because all of our old episodes uploaded. But this is the official first episode technically that we're recording that we know is going on apple podcasts what she said <laughs> um but we looked in some of the comments and while we had a lot of loving support and nice things there was one where somebody had said we were basically ripping off another podcast named wine and crime and i just want to put out there which we said in the very first episode that we are not trying to steal anybody's thunder we are not trying to take away from anybody. We are just trying to join the community. So if it felt like we were ripping somebody off, we totally apologize. However, I did Google wine and crime shows, and there's about 17 million point nine gajillion different ways yeah. that wine and crime. There was ours, horror wine and crime. There was theirs, wine and crime. There was coffee, wine and crime. There was crime and wine. There was weed, wine and crime. It just went on and on and on. Yeah. So like, the variations of the name is very common. I guess we could have searched thoroughly how much before we picked our title. But yeah, plus, we didn't do it to copy anybody. We were just because it's the three things we like. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There were like a bunch with like, like you just said, different variations of the same type of name. And um, I hadn't heard of them before, no shade, but I listened to an episode of theirs, and they're really awesome, too, so, like, shout out to them. Um, but I think we are, you know, pretty different. We cover fiction stuff as well, where they're more all crime-related, um, and they, they do, like, a, or they focus a lot on, like, comedy aspects, too. You know, we throw in, like, f- you know, stupid comments here and there, but, like, I think we're pretty different from them, and the person that left that comment, like... They couldn't hear the one episode, because this was, like, before we had uploaded all the episodes, and the only episode that was up there wasn't even working, so they didn't even listen to us. They just, like, looked at our name and wrote that comment, so. Yeah, and the one that was up there was a horror movie slash true crime, and that's kind of our niche, too, is, like, we try to throw in horror crimes or horror movies in between just to give it the fun flavor of the horror aspect of it. But anyways, I just wanted to... You know, we're not trying to steal from anybody. We're not trying to copy anybody. We're just trying to join the community. Um, We listen to a lot of other podcasts because we like them and, you know, idolize other shows. So it's just, that's all. Exactly. All in fun. Nothing uh, too Um, serious. Another thing I wanted to mention is that I went to the Renaissance Festival. (gasps) Fun. Yes. And we go every year. And last year I bought some, uh, or the year before, but last year we were able to go. Um, we bought some candles and wax melts. Um, they're called Hazel Fern. 
Um.com. I'll put the their information up later on our page. But they smell so amazing. And I went back this time and it was the same people doing the same shopping. I'm like, yeah, I was here last time, blah, blah, blah. And we started talking and started talking about podcasts. I mentioned mine and um, he was like super excited. He's like, oh my gosh, you know, my wife listens to podcasts too. So I was like, well, hey, you know, we'll say hi to you. So if you're listening, hi. Hey, was that that melt that I just smelt? The pumpkin spice went out there. (gasps) That smells so good. They're very strong. Yeah. um, And their candles are really good. Like I said, I bought some last time I was there. And this time I went back and bought more from them. So, yeah, I just wanted to give them a shout out because they do such a great job. Yeah, that's awesome. um, If you go to the Renaissance Festival, look for their little shop. It's Hazel Fern um, Scents. So tell them Horror Wine and Crime sent you. We said hi. Shout out to them. But, yeah, as we kind of talk about the Amy Fishies. Fishy. Fisher. Wow. It is kind of fishy. It is kind of fishy. Uh, the Amy <laughs> Fisher story. We are drinking the Barefoot Moscato um, watermelon. And it's really good. It's like kind of like a light, fruity, uh, just refreshing drink. So Is it like watermelon sugar? Hi. Watermelon sugar. Hi. <laughs> Excuse my voice. <laughs> uh, sorry, I couldn't resist. I was holding that in while you were talking. No, it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so Amy Fisher was born in Merrick, New York on August 21st, 1974 to an Italian-American mother and a Jewish-American father. I'd like to say that Amy was young and sweet and naive, but as I remembered the movie and the stories and the research, I don't think she was as naive as I think. Yeah. Um, but she goes to meet this older, good-looking man, um, who took advantage of her, but none of that seems accurate because I don't think he was good-looking. Yeah, no offense, um, no offense, but same. <laughs> just, ew. And I, and, and she was 16 and looking at him as a grown man, like, I could understand if it was, like, Someone like Ryan Reynolds and she was 16. Like, right. That would make oof, more sense. That's girl. why I was wondering. I'm like, is this guy rich? Like, what's the appeal? But there was no, to me, I didn't look at him, even as an adult, looking at him as an adult now. No, same. I didn't see any Mm-mm. sexual attraction there. Like, no. Not at all. Mm-mm. Um, Amy is described at 16, totally out of control by her dad. She'd already claimed to have domestic abuse from her dad. Um, she claimed to be molested by is either family member or family member friend. So she was pretty much already, like, unstable from the beginning. That's sad. And it, it kind of then kind of lends to the story and makes things a little bit more clear on why maybe she went for the wrong guys just because she had a, sounds like a messed up home life. Um, so that is sad to hear. But yeah, as a 16-year-old student at Kennedy High School in Belmore, New York, uh, Fisher allegedly met then 35-year-old Joey Buttafuoco in 1990 when her father took his car for repairs to Buttafuoco's auto body shop. And she, like later, Amy says that she had damaged her own car several times 
just to like be able to go and see him. And she later admitted that they had an affair when she was still underage. From that point on, the 18th month affair would go on to create some shocking history. So, who is this Joey Buttafuoco guy, you might ask? Well, he was born March 11th, 1956, and he was an auto body shop owner in Long Island, New Jersey. Um, or New York. My bad. <laughs> Locations. Um, he both was, new. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Um, he was married to his wife, Mary Jo, and had a son, Paul, and a daughter, Jessica. Now, red flag number one with this guy, obviously, that he goes for this young 16-year-old girl and takes advantage of her. Um, and not only that, but along with the facts uh, that he was married while having this affair with her. So, not not cute. Yeah. Also, again, ew. Yeah. <laughs> um, in August 1991, while their affair was still going strong... Fisher told Buttafuoco that she needed money, and he suggested to her that she should begin to work at an escort agency. Um, she, I guess, didn't oppose that idea, and she had began working. Uh, while she was working as a prostitute, um, Amy asked Joey to leave his wife, Mary Jo, but Joey refused and wouldn't commit to that idea. So him not agreeing to leave his wife for her basically set Amy in a fit of rage or a spiral, if you will. This led Fisher to go to the Botafuco home in Massapequa, New York on May 19th, 1992. Fisher rang the doorbell, walked onto his stoop holding a .25 caliber semi-automatic gun and knocked on the door. So Mary Jo had been painting a bench outside she remembers it was beautiful out, it was sunny, like a 70-degree day. She had just sent her two kids off to school. So she was like, all in it. The vibe was going. Amy pretends, she knocks at the door, and she pretends to be an older sister. She said her name was Anne Marie, saying, you know, is Joey here, you know? And she's like, who are you? And she's like, well, I just want to let you know that Joey's having an affair with my sister. And I know this because his shirt is in her bedroom. He, from the mechanic garage, his work shirt. Mary's unfazed. She's like, my Joey? Sorry, that's probably not a good Jersey accent. <laughs> um, and uh, she's like, yeah, doubt it. I mean, she probably sees her husband overweight and gross. And is just like, seriously, my Joey? Dang, shots fired, low. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Seriously, though, but... Um, and things, okay, like... You just leave. Just go. Like, she's not buying it. So Mary goes to walk away, and as she turns to, like, kind of go in the door, Amy strikes her, and I don't know if it was with her hand, but I'm believing it was, like, the butt of the gun. Mm -hmm. And then... As Mary turns around, they kind of scuffle, and that's when she gets shot um, in the side of her head. Now, Amy um, leaves her there for dead, and Amy, till this day, kind of claims that the gun went off on accident while they were fighting over it during the scuffle. But Mary Jo is like, yeah, no, she just flat out shot me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, she brought a gun, so obviously her intention, I don't know if it was just to scare her or if it was actually to shoot her, but, you know, 
Like they say, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. <laughs> yeah, and she had a driver because somebody drove her away. So somebody was else there with her, I believe. Yeah. They said, and also, um, I don't know how much of it is true, but there were claims that Amy said that her and Joey talked about this, like, a about couple killing days prior. Mary jo. Mm-hmm. Like, this was going to be a thing. So, gotcha. again, not 100%, but those are Some rumors. rumors on the block. Yeah. Right? So a retired cop was out on his porch when he heard the gun go off. So he ran over there. He called 911. Um, Mary was laying there unresponsive in a pool of blood. They called Joe at work. He shows up in distress wondering, you know, playing the who would do this? Oh, my God. You know, husband, come on. You know. You know, but you know who did this. Like, yeah, you know, come on. Or he should at least have maybe some sort of inkling. <laughs> he knew. He had to have known. Like, maybe the girl that you're banging on the side. Like, Right, yeah. So Mary was airlifted to the hospital. She was unconscious for about three days. And then when she woke up, she wrote on a pad, Anne-Marie, age 19. So, yeah, she was severely injured, um... Obviously, she was thankfully able to survive the attack, Um, but she did uh, tell Oprah Winfrey in an interview that she suffered from facial paralysis and ear damage. After being arrested for the crime, uh, the fisher Budafuco story drew national attention and the media went wild with this case. Uh, Amy was widely known as, like we uh, said in the intro, the Long Island Lolita. And Alyssa Milano actually did the movie on called The Long Island Lolita. But then there was the Amy Fisher movie, which is done by Drew Barrymore, which can I say I love both those ladies. Same. So I remember seeing the Amy Fisher story. So it must have been the Drew Barrymore one that I seen. But I kept saying Alyssa Milano before I looked them up. Yeah, you did. But then when I watched the Drew Barrymore preview, I was like, but this is the one I remember. So I must have seen both of them at one time. It was so weird. I had some moments going on. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen either, but I'm kind of like disappointed because I couldn't find them on, um, like I searched them on my all my apps and neither of them were available, but yeah, they're like out there somewhere. They said unavailable right now. I was kind of bummed too because I wanted to watch one with you. Yeah. Um, so the Fisher family was actually offered $80,000 for the rights to their story and they accepted the money to post bail for Amy Joey Buttafuoco, of course, became a widely known name, and he was often the center of jokes and ridicule from, you know, shows like SNL, Living Color, and David Letterman. Joey tries to gain a little sympathy, calling Howard Stern to say that he was faithful to his wife, but when Stern asked, you know, about a report that Amy had been seen at the Buttafuoco house during the time of the affair, Joey denied that it ever happened. He said, that's insane. When my kids heard that report where she claims to have said my kids call her Aunt Amy, my son, who's 12, went nuts, he said. Stern then asked, so you're claiming that the papers are lying when they call you Amy's lover? Absolutely yes, Joey replied. I call absolute BS on this. I don't believe him when he says there was never a relationship or affair between them, which like obviously there was. The lies um, he tells. Exactly. He was just trying to make himself look better or staying in good graces with his wife or whatever the case was, but you lie. You lie, sir. 
When Amy entered her not guilty plea in front of a jury in Nassau County Court two weeks after her arrest, prosecutor Fred Klein said Amy's father had described her, I think Lo said this earlier, totally uncontrollable um, because he had filed a missing persons report on her in 1991. And lawyers painted her as a lovesick teenager who was a criminal prostitute who planned the murder of Mary Jo in a jealous rage. Klein said that to call her a high school girl was as accurate as calling John Gotti a businessman in New York. Yeah, yeah. Judge Marvin Goodman ordered that Amy be held on a $2 million bail. So they were super serious about this. Uh, They didn't look at her, you know, as some sweet, uh, innocent high school student. Reminds me a little bit of the movie The Crush, too. Lucia Silverstone. I never saw that. Oh, actually, I might have seen that. I can't remember. (laughs) We'll get there. We'll get there. I know. Lo has a list of movies for me. Um, Anyways, uh, Amy's lawyer, Nick Nyberg, he argued that if Amy was a prostitute, then Joey was her pimp. A grown man who preyed on the teenage girl, uh, Nyberg... Excuse me, I'm saying his name wrong. Um, he then offered the rights to Amy's story to raise bail money. Amy was later released from jail, securing the bail money partly from a television production company. And Mary Jo, with a bullet still lodged in her neck near her spine, actually also landed a deal for a TV movie of her own to pay for her medical bills. So at least she sh- could, like, get in on it, too, because... That's not right that, you know, she had all those medical bills to pay when she was the victim in the situation. In June 1992, uh, Nyberg filed a statutory rape complaint accusing Joey of initiating the affair when Amy was only 16 years old. The next month, Amy pleaded guilty to shooting Mary Jo in the face to avoid the potential of a lengthy trial. Amy describes the event by saying, I went up to the doorstep with a loaded gun in my pocket and I hit her on the back of the head. I hit her again. The gun went off. So yeah, sticking to that accidental shooting story. But if showed up to court for trial on his lawsuit of statutory rape and for the first time he admitted to having an affair with Amy. The Nassau County District Attorney Dennis Dillon had said he would not pursue the charges since Amy was an unreliable witness, but changed his mind when Joey's former employees told law enforcement that he had bragged about having sex with the then 16-year-old girl. He ended up serving five months for statutory rape, which it bothers me that he was bragging about it too. You know, like it's wrong in the first place. Like she's just young and you know, it's essentially a 16-year-old is not mentally ready to get into a relationship with a 35-year-old. That's not. Yeah, and they were claiming that she was going to be 17 in 21 days. Right, and I think So they were trying to play off of it on a technicality. Like, she, you know, in 21 days, her mindset's not going to be much different than right right now. But I'm like... Still, she was still 16, so... And even if she was 17... Ew. Yeah, she was still too young. Yeah, exactly. He took advantage of her. For and sure. you're married regardless. Like <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Facts. Oh. In December of 1992, Fisher was convicted on multiple counts, but pled guilty to one count of aggravated assault and was sentenced to up to 15 years in prison. Uh, Fisher ended up serving seven years in prison at the Albion Correctional Facility in New York. And she was not 
a very good prisoner. <laughs> That's what I'm told. Um, from what I read, she claimed of being raped by several guards, again, you know, and also became colder, more and more callous, and just full of attitude, just cold, and um, lost all family contact, except her mom. Her mom was the only person that was still in her corner for her. That's sad that she was raped. I could, I mean, I understand how well, she got... Well, the charges, again, were dropped. So... So maybe she wasn't. Maybe she was. Yeah, just they don't that. even know. Like, okay, nothing came of that. Okay, so maybe I feel it wasn't. like it's kind of her go-to story because she's claimed this a lot. Oh, like I said that she claimed before she met Joey that you know she was molested by a family friend mm-hmm. and raped or whatever, and then again in prison. So I feel like it's kind of like a maybe like a a story the that boy she's who cried out. wolf yeah. type thing. Like, yeah. I'm not saying she's a liar. I'm not, but I'm just saying there's like a history. A, a the prison pattern. one seems like it's a far fetch. Okay, but gotcha. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I hope I hope it wasn't true because that's messed up. If you know guards are doing that, but um, but yeah, I see what you're saying. If there's like a pattern there. Three days after pleading guilty to reckless assault, Amy overdosed on prescription drugs and was admitted to Huntington Hospital. Her lawyer, Nyberg, said the bottom fell out. When his client saw um, a hard copy broadcast of a secretly taped video of her visiting her current boyfriend, which was 30-year-old Long Island gym owner Paul Makeley, the night before the plea, uh, she was offering him oral sex and asking him to marry her. She said, I want my name in the press, she told him on the recording, because I can make a lot of money. I figure if I have to go through all the pain and suffering, I'm getting a Ferrari. <laughs> well, alrighty then. You do you. <laughs> getting a Ferrari. <laughs> um, police said Amy hated Mary Jo so much that she had talked to two ex-boyfriends in the past about killing the mother of two. Peter Guagenti, a 21-year-old from Brooklyn, was arrested and eventually sentenced to six months in jail for selling her the gun that she used to shoot Mary Jo and for driving her to the Buda... I always say that last name messed up. Badafuco house in his Ford Thunderbird on the day of her the shooting. Her wine is kicking in. Yep, that's what it is. <laughs> I'm not illiterate. <laughs> Most days. <laughs> um... Yeah, why must we hate all women married to our boyfriends? I mean, that has to stop. Okay, wives' lives matter too. <laughs> Hashtag. Hashtag wives' lives matter too. Can we stop the violence of attacking the women married to our boyfriends? Honestly, seriously though. God. It's a joke, but seriously, like what the hell? This poor woman. <laughs> Yeah, then came the onslaught of made-for-TV movies. Uh, that month, NBC aired Amy Fisher, My Story. In January 1993, CBS presented Casualties of Love, the Long Island Lolita story, uh, the one Lowe was talking about with Alyssa Milano. And ABC showed the Amy Fisher story. That was the Drew Barrymore one. Um, and, yeah, I haven't been able to watch either of them. And I'm bummed because I wanted to do that. Um, maybe one day it'll pop up somewhere where I can watch it. Well, if you would have been born in the 80s like the rest of us in this room. Dang it. Meaning, it's all my, it's all my parents' fault. Me. <laughs> then you would have watched it when it was on the Lifetime TV, like when it first came out. How rude. I, I mean, it's it's all my parents' fault. <laughs> Made me a 90s baby. 
Amy says that during her time in jail, she was raped uh, by a prison guard. Um, like We kind of talked about this. I guess she pursued legal action, but yeah, it was dropped. In 1999, Fisher was released from prison under a new plea agreement uh, based on the wishes of Mary Jo, which I thought that was super interesting that she got released early because of Mary Jo, the one, you know, she shot to get in there in the first place. <laughs> After her release, Fisher became a columnist for the Long Island Press, where she won a media award for column slash news from the Society of Professional Journalists in 2004. Fisher is also an active advocate for prisoners' rights. In okay, well, maybe some stuff did happen then. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like maybe it did since she's become an advocate, but also, and again, I'm not taking it away if she did because I'm not saying she did or didn't, but she does seem to like the fame. So I don't know if, you know, some people use um, philanthropy for, for, for some fame there, but I don't know. Uh, in 2003, Fisher married Louis Bellera and ended up having two children with him. Her son, Brett, was born in 2001 and her daughter, Ava Rose, in 2005. She also has now, I guess, changed her name to Liz. Um, I don't know for, like, privacy or whatever, I'm sure. Well, you found it, so it's not so private. I know. She's going to have to change it again. Um, and a little health update for Mary Jo. For years, the results of her injuries, you know, they lingered. Um, but in 2017, people reported that she had undergone surgery to repair her partially paralyzed face. Her doctor at the time was able to repair some of the nerves that had kept her from smiling. Um, she, she told Inside Edition, it's the first time in 25 years that when I smile, I can see the side of my teeth. Aww. I know. That's so sad. I'm glad she's doing better, but it's... It's so heartbreaking to hear that. Like, she was the victim, the truly the victim in this story. She was the one getting cheated on by her husband, and then she got shot for it. Like, that's just so unfair that she has to, like, deal with all these issues for the rest of her life because of a choice that her husband made. Yeah, because she was married to some girl's boyfriend. Exactly. It's so messed up. I, I feel so badly for her. But I'm glad she's doing at least a little bit better. Absolutely. Um, I watched her on the Megyn Kelly show. And she looks good, by the way. Um, she says she's forgiven Amy. And that Amy has not changed. She is a webcam girl. She's narcissistic. Uh, she's not doing as well as she wishes for her three kids. Um, she was hoping that Amy would have taken advantage of her second chance at life, but it doesn't seem to be. But that um, that I watched, it was in 2018. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I like how she says she forgives her, but at the same time, she's like, she's a narcissist webcam girl. <laughs> well, she said that she forgives her because she needs to move on with her life. Like, it's like not like, her. oh, I forgive you, you shot me. It's okay. <laughs> like, for her peace of mind, but she's, like, letting it go. she can't carry the burden anymore. Yeah. She's got to be able to put it in the past and move on with her life and her kids and live her life. She can't be stuck in that black hole of anger anymore. Right. That makes sense. Um, now for a Joey 
Butterfuko update. Uh, currently, Joey is, I guess, working. I don't know if it's currently or like he recently was. He was working on a movie about his early life, according to ABC News. Yeah, I saw him on Dr. Oz. He's telling a story how he was injected um, with coke and heroin when he was like five and six years old. Damn. Saying that um, this was probably the beginning of the start of his failures in life. Now, husband was watching that with me and he's like, yep, I don't buy it. And he got up and walked away and he's like, wait, do you? And I don't know. I mean, there are crazy people out there. He Mm -hmm. claims that they were giving him coke to, like, really wow him in the mornings and stuff. And, like, and then at night he was being, they would shoot him up with heroin in his arm to calm him down. So they were, like, lifting him up and then bringing him down. And then um, he went to his dad's house one time and he kept itching his arm. And his dad's like, what is going on? And he looked at his arm, and he's like, oh, my God, what is wrong? And he's like, what is this? And then he said, auntie and uncle, whoever. And they're like, wait, what? And he told them, and I guess he shit hit the fan after that, and he never seen his aunt and uncle again. And all the, I don't know. I don't know how much of that is true. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess if there's a movie on it, we can watch it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's... There's clips of him talking about it on Dr. Oz, so you can always Google it and look it up. That's very messed up, if that's true. Oh, gosh. Oh. Um, yeah, three years after his this case, he ended up getting arrested again for soliciting a vice cop posing as a prostitute. Then he was sentenced to a year in jail and five years probation in March 2004 after pleading guilty to insurance fraud. He also served three months for illegally possessing ammunition in 2007. Uh, so he's, he's had quite the legal journey, I'll just say. He's been um, around the block. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Mary's not feeling bad for moving on. No, I yeah, yeah she needs to. <laughs> Yeah, they divorced in 2003, uh, and two years later, he got married again to Ivanka Frenchko. Uh, Over the years, Joey has made several TV appearances, including Celebrity Boxing, Judge Janine Pirro, and The Howard Stern Show. According to his daughter, Joey is now turning over a new leaf. She says he's in a growth phase where he's in therapy and he's healing. I hope he's not using it to justify why he's made so many poor decisions. I like this new man he's becoming. Yeah, she dropped contact with him for a long time. Yeah. Um, there was a video that I watched where she was on The Doctors, um, and she was talking to one of the gentlemen on their video, and she said that she um, had to get the negativity out of her life, and she was wishing him well, but she could not be around him. Mm-hmm. She did not talk to him. She had no contact with him. And she was basically just her and her mom. I don't know if their brother was in the picture. I'm sure he is. But she had a great relationship with her mom. And she was just focusing on, you know, being there for her mom. Yeah. But this could have been before his new leaf. Right. So they might have patched things up since then. I totally understand why she would have cut contact with him because that's... I mean, it's craziness. Her mom got shot. So I I truly do hope 
that he is, you know, quote, turning over this new leaf for the sake of his kids. Um, but yeah, I mean, you never know with people, I guess. Um, fun fact, on May 13th, 2007, it was reported that Amy Fisher had left her husband and Joey had left his girlfriend uh, and in a bid to reconcile or pitch an idea for a reality show featuring the two, which is absolutely wild. I guess some people will just do anything for fame. Um, but in as, at least in 2020, as far as I know, Amy's single now. But it was confusing from like this E.T. interview they did back in 2007. If they were like getting back together, was it real or not? Um, but like what it seems, it was like their reality show didn't get picked up so it didn't really go anywhere so I think it was just all fake and for publicity to like hype up their possibly possibly new uh show I guess yeah I saw the video on entertainment tonight and they're holding hands and they're saying that they loved each other and love is forever and I had the Brit moment (laughs) wait what (laughs) yeah (laughs) when I saw this I'm like okay um Ew. Yeah. Again. And why and how and ew. I loved how they edited it too because it was showing clips of him just like a year prior being like, she's a liar. She's a fake. You know, like. Mary's the love of my life. Yes. And then now he's like, no, I I love Amy. Um, We're meant to be. uh, Love finds its way back. And it's just like total BS because. It didn't even go anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if that part was true or not. Yeah. But even if it was true and they got back together, like, how disrespectful to Mary Jo. Honestly, this poor freaking woman. Like, But maybe she was just like, you know what? There's a special place in hell for both of you and you guys can go together and whatever. Just, yeah. There'll be roommates down there because, yeah, (laughs) what they did to her... It's, like, so beyond messed up. Like, I, I I know, like, some people are like, oh, well, Amy Fisher's the victim here because Joey took advantage of her when she was a teenager, which I understand, you know, he played a part in that, obviously, but she wasn't so innocent either. She also had multiple boyfriends who were older, so I think that was just kind of her, her go-to type or whatever. But Mary Jo is the absolute victim in this story. Oh, absolutely. Like, I just wanted to paint my bench on my 70-degree weather. freaking wholesome. And then my she gets kids shot. are at school. I finally have an afternoon to myself. I want to drink my coffee. And what the fuck, man? Get shot in the face. Like, honestly. <laughs> oh, she wasn't expecting a, that. This oh. day's ruined. Gosh. Okay, I'm not trying to make light of it. It was a horrible thing. No, but... yeah, it's disgusting. Oh, but yeah, um crazy crazy story yeah and the funny thing about it a lot of the drama was amy and joey mm-hmm. and mary is the one that was like getting all the pain the suffering the but those two are just fighting like a married couple on tv yeah and they're still trying to get you know all the publicity and shows and scripts all like set up for it just to keep it going some people uh they just love love to uh, chase the fame, I guess. They'll do anything for it. It's wild to me, but yeah. That's them. <laughs> That's Amy Fisher and Joey Budafuco. <laughs> Quite the pair. 
So thank you again for listening to Horror, Wine, and Crime. Yes, check out social medias. Uh, If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star and a rating. We would greatly appreciate it. Any fun stories we should look into, let us know. Um, Other than that, yeah, we're... uh, That's the go. Stay creepy. Bye. Bye.